As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yo, yo. Welcome to a post-game edition of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Yovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And first, I want to address my absence the last few days. I know some of you have asked me on Twitter. I've not been feeling well. I got the vaccine, uh, the, the first shot on Thursday, and uh, I was fine on Thursday. I was fine on Friday, just had a sore arm. And, and then on Saturday, it hit me like a ton of bricks where uh, fatigue, I, I slept over 11 hours and just couldn't get out of bed, was so tired. And then I got a fever. Uh, I had muted taste and smell where I, I could not taste and smell things uh, you know, normally. And I went and got a COVID uh, um, test just to double check and make sure that it wasn't anything out of the ordinary because it seemed like pretty severe side effects for the first vaccine shot. I know some people have had some some pretty bad side effects from the second vaccine shot, but uh, you know that came back negative. So I don't have COVID. It just was a, a strong reaction to the vaccine, uh, but it, it did make Saturday tough for me. You know, I did watch the game, but I did not end up writing off of the game. Uh, I did not uh, podcast off of the game. And that was, you know, probably the, the game of the year for the Lakers, the win of the year. So that, that was rough for me to sit that one out. Uh, but I, I took the last you know few days to to rest up and uh, get back, you know, healthy so I could talk to you guys. So for those of you that have been asking me on social media, uh, you know, first, I, I appreciate you checking in. Uh, nothing to be worried about. The, the forum club is not gone. The postgame shows are not gone. Uh, so, you know, first, thank you guys for listening. Uh, but but second, you know, thank you for checking in on me and, and asking me. And I, I really appreciate it. But the Lakers wrapped up their seven game road trip uh, with a 101 to 93 win over the Charlotte Hornets to go four and three on their seven game trip and three and two on the East Coast portion of it. Uh, I'm going to have to ask for a mea culpa. Uh, I, I don't even know if that's how you say it, mea culpa, what, what, you know, uh, someone could correct me on Twitter, but yeah, I, I was very pessimistic about this trip for the Lakers. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I believe on the weekly show last week with, uh, or maybe two weeks ago with, with Slater and Bill, I said somewhere between one and six and three and four, and that I'd probably hedge in the middle and go two and five, but boy, was I wrong. Right, like I, I, I couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, you know, you just have to give the Lakers so much credit for you know. I mean, it, they weren't consistent. <laughs> like 
you know, win in Sacramento, or win in Sacramento, lost to the Clippers, win in Toronto, lost to Miami, win in Brooklyn, lost to New York, win in Charlotte. But I mean, that, that Brooklyn win was just incredible. Uh, that to me really gave me a lot of confidence for the Lakers in that matchup. And I, I know both teams are shorthanded uh, and, you know, that we're going to get into the Charlotte game here, but that to me was just such an impressive win. The, the way that the Lakers defended in that game, the physical, the, you know, the physical presence of Andre Drummond, his physicality, the way he easily scored on LaMarcus Aldridge, who, you know, for all indications are, is going to be the starting center for Brooklyn moving forward. I just think that was an incredible game for the Lakers. Uh, the Toronto game and the Sacramento game were also in the conversation for, uh, you know, some of the best games of the season and, and really the most impressive games without LeBron and AD uh, this season. And then it felt like they, they kind of kept topping themselves, right? Because, you know, they had the Sacramento win. And I thought the Toronto win was even more impressive. And then, of course, the, the Brooklyn uh, win was the icing on the cake. But, uh, you know, the, the Charlotte win, I think, while not maybe on paper as impressive, uh, you know, it took guts, right? Like that that's what I come out of this game with is just that the Lakers, you know, like they were on fumes in this game. And um, I actually have it here for you guys. Uh, like this is the list of injuries that the Lakers have had to deal with within the last, not necessarily just the road trip, but really within the last like two to three weeks, you have Anthony Davis with his right calf strain. You have LeBron James with his right ankle sprain. You have Kyle Kuzma, left calf strain. Wes Matthews, right Achilles tendon tightness. Dennis Schroeder, pelvis contusion. Marcus Gasol, left hamstring soreness. Andre Drummond, right big toe contusion and left elbow impingement. Alex Caruso, concussion and left knee soreness and a bunch of other ailments that I'm not even including here. Markeith Morris just missed the game tonight with a left ankle sprain. Alfonso McKinney, health and safety protocols, missed one game. And Jared Dudley, who's been out for weeks with his right MCL tear. So right there, that is 11 of the 15 roster players have missed some sort of time over the last two, three weeks. That's not even including Taylor Horton Tucker, who missed the game with a suspension from the Toronto incident with Dennis and Trez and Gary Trent Jr. and, and OG Ananobi. And then, you know, KCP has been banged up a couple times in games and has returned and continued to play, not miss any time. So really, you're looking at like the two healthy guys who have not missed any time are Montrez Harrell and Ben McElmore, who just joined the team a few games ago. So the fact that the Lakers have been able to go four and three over the seven game trip, six and seven since LeBron's injury and six and eight overall this season without LeBron and AD, like that to me is really impressive. We've seen the downside of it. We saw the Clippers game. We saw the Bucks loss. We saw even the Knicks loss. Like this team at its worst, you really see the offensive flaws not having that top level creator and not having that actual like true superstar when LeBron and AD are on the floor. And you know, that's how a lot of teams would look if you, if you take their two best players, two superstars off, right? Like, uh, let, let's see what the Clippers look like for a long stretch without Kawhi and PG. Let, let's see what, I mean, the Nets are different because they have three stars, but take Giannis and Chris Middleton off of the Bucks. I mean, even then they still have Drew Holiday, uh, who, who I, I think is, you know, better than the, the third best player on the Lakers. But I mean, any team with really, you know, go to Phoenix and take off Booker and Chris Paul, like these teams are really going to struggle. And for the Lakers to have a, above 500 trip. And I think, you know, in retrospect, the trip was a little bit easier in, in some regards. Like really the, the three tough games were the Clippers, the Heat, and the Nets. The Lakers went one and two in those three. Uh, Toronto is completely struggling. It's, it's fallen off the, the face of the earth. Sacramento is, is Sacramento. 
And, and then, you know, New York, they, they lost that game against a tough, frisky New York team. And Charlotte is just decimated with injuries. I mean, we, we saw it on the broadcast tonight, how many games, you know, how many players they're missing from their rotation. And of course, already there's a, a, a talent gap between the Lakers and Hornets, but missing Gordon Hayward and PJ Washington, LaMelo Ball, uh, Malik Monk, on and on. So I, I do think that this trip ended up not being as daunting as it originally looked. But that, I mean, again, the Lakers were playing not only without their two best players, but uh, the, the, you know, the list of players I just named, which was 11 of the 15 guys, had some sort of ailment uh, over the last couple of weeks, you know, be it on the trip or right before the trip. You know, at some point uh, in the post-LeBron you know, LeBron, uh, you know, LeBron injury uh, era, <laughs> right, uh, of the last, you know, two and a half weeks or so, um, three weeks. It's, it's been three weeks. Wow. Uh, it's actually been longer than three weeks. It's been 23 days. Uh, so over the, the last 23 days, like the, these guys have all had the, these ailments and it's just, it's crazy to me, right? Like it's crazy that the Lakers have had so many injuries where it's not just their, their two best players, but there's been some nights they've had like eight healthy guys, uh, not including their two-way guys. So I think it really is a testament to the heart, the grit, uh, and the talent, right? Like, because you you, you can only win so many games with, with heart and grit. It, it, it comes down to talent and execution. So I, I think the coaching staff, Frank Vogel and, and his coaching staff for the defense, you know, the Lakers defense has been A1 during the stretch. They, they have not skipped a beat. They have remained a top five defense um, and actually been the number one defense, you know, during stretches of, of this run. So to do that without your two best defenders, you know, a defensive player of the year candidate, in my opinion, in AD, if you were... You know, healthy and play more games, uh, and then in LeBron, you know, a, a guy who I think we, we see sometimes not always give the best effort defensively, but when he ramps it up, he is a all-world, you know, all-defense caliber guy. So to miss those two guys and still be a top-five defense, I just think that that's again a, a testament to Frank Vogel, his scheme, his coaching staff, but also the the defensive talent on this roster. Where if you really look at it, there isn't a defensive liability in the rotation. You know, one through uh, I guess, well, <laughs> one through 15, but I mean, if we're really looking at the, the guys who are going to be playing one through 12 or one through 13, the worst defenders in the rotation are Montrezl Harrell and, and Taylor Horton Tucker and, and Ben McLemore. Ben, I, I think is going to be the 13th guy. So he's not even really going to play that much. Uh, Taylor, you know, can get lost off ball, but he's getting better on and off the ball. Uh, still, you know, has some bad moments, but I, I think he, he brings it off offensively to kind of negate that. And, and then, Montrez Harrell, uh, I think, has his limitations as a post defender in the pick and roll as a rim protector. But when you're putting four good defenders around these guys, it, it kind of they blend in. Like they're not they're not a Lou Williams or someone who could really pick on. And we have seen Trez get picked on at times in certain matchups, and that's when the Lakers can go to Marcus Ole or Anthony Davis or Andre Drummond, right? Like they have other options. So I, I just think that you know, looking at this team defensively. What, what's giving me so much confidence is even without their two best players and their two best defenders, they have remained an elite defense. And you add a healthy or healthy-ish LeBron and AD to this group, I just don't see how they're not the clear favorites, in my opinion. I think Andre Drummond has brought an element that they didn't have. He's led them in rebounding in the last four straight games. Uh, he, he's just, you know, he's been that physical presence. The offense is, is you know, came and went. He hasn't been great offensively, but I really think it's been the defense and the rebounding where, where he's shined and has really had an impact. I think Ben, of course, had the game against Brooklyn where uh, he swung the game single-handedly, you know, put it to sleep, sealed it with, with the, his uh, you know, five threes, five straight field goals. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. But I just think right now the Lakers are hitting a good groove considering who's available. And again, this game, they were on fumes in the fourth quarter. Like I thought they were about to blow the game just because of how tired they looked. And Dennis played, I think, something like 15 minutes straight to close the game. Uh, but but everybody just looked tired and gassed. It was the accumulation of the season, the accumulation of the seven-game trip. And it, it just all was kind of you know, showing in that fourth quarter. But they they rallied. They, they, you know, they stayed together. Alex Crusoe hits that big three, makes some big defensive plays. Andre Drummond uh, had a big defensive stop. Like, KCP, like these guys just showed up when it really mattered in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, I I think there's really, it's tough to glean too much from this stretch other than for me that it's it's the heart and the grit. And, you know, I I don't really like to use some of those buzzy words because I don't, sometimes I don't believe in that stuff. And I think it gets too cliche and too much like a sports movie, but really, I mean, how else can you describe this team with with the, the lack of talent that they've had in some of these matchups and for them to have these games where they're hitting 16, 18, 19 threes and moving the ball so well and just playing at such a high level uh, as a a helicopter or plane flies over my apartment at like 11 o'clock at night. Um, it, it's just, I, I'm just so impressed. And I, you know, I, and again, mea culpa, however you say it, uh, I, I was wrong. I was too pessimistic. Uh, I do think I was being realistic and that a lot of fans were thinking and viewing it the same way as me. But hey, the Lakers overachieved. You know, Frank Vogel said it's a win. He's impressed. He's happy. Kyle Kuzma said it's a win. Like they are viewing this as an optimistic, you know, as a positive thing that they went four and three. And I know the Lakers standards are higher than that, right? Like it's it's championship or bust. It, the regular season doesn't really matter. Their seeding doesn't really matter. It's all about the playoffs and, and winning another title. But I think this was a, a nice silver lining stretch where guys got pushed out of their comfort zone. Uh, I think one interesting thing is the, the Lakers have their five leading scores over this stretch are averaging between 10.5 and 16.4 points a game. So really the, there was no like standout guy who just took over. It wasn't like Dennis stepped up and, and became this 20 plus point a night, you know, all-star level guy. It wasn't like Kuz showed out and showed that, oh, you know, this is, I'm in too small of a role offensively. Like I deserve more minutes or shots. Like it was a collection thing where different guys stepped up in different games and, you know, kept the, the offense going. So overall the, the final, you know, the, the, the five or actually six leading scores, uh, Kuz at 16.4, Dennis at 15.1, KCP at 13.9, Keefe at 13.5. Keefe was huge in the stretch. Really, as Frank Vogel said earlier in the trip, the unsung hero. Uh, THT at 13 points and Andre Drummond at 10.5. So you actually had five guys between 13 points and 16.4 and then a, a sixth guy at, uh, at 10.5 in Drummond. But uh, just really a, a overall impressive stretch from the Lakers. Yes, the offense was incredibly ugly. There were some really ugly offensive stretches, particularly the New York game. 
uh, but but part of the Clippers game as well. I, I think uh, some of the Miami game, uh, you know, like in even the second half of the Toronto game wasn't great. Uh, at, of course, the Charlotte game, but that, that again, I think was just them running on fumes. So overall, I, I think I'm really impressed with with just the the trip and uh, just you know kind of how this all this all played out. And I, I think looking at the next stretch of Boston, Utah, Utah, Dallas, Dallas, like that is a tough five game stretch. Uh, you know, Boston, I think is playing a little bit better recently. Utah is the number one seed. Dallas has hit their stride and, and they're, you know, making their push to, to try to pass the Lakers in the standings. So it looks like more likely they will be the six seed. Uh, they being Dallas and, and the Lakers kind of staying in that five seed. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you are the Lakers, you, you got to really feel good about this road trip, uh, about some of the things you've seen. Uh, again, you know, the offense is a concern. There have been the, the shooting, the turnovers, the ball movement at times uh, has been a little too stagnant. But you're not, I just, I you can't really, it's hard to judge this uh, again because come playoff time, you're never going to play a minute without LeBron James and or Anthony Davis on the floor. And if you are playing a minute without them, it's either a blowout or you're in a situation that you don't want to be in having to rely on on lineups and rotations without those guys that you shouldn't be relying on. So we, we've seen this movie before. We saw it last season. We've seen it this season. Like Frank is going to stagger the minutes with LeBron and AD, keep one of them on the floor. And I, I don't think you have to worry about that. So I think really it's, um, you know, it, it just comes down to, treading water right now, which Lakers have done, you know, they've done that. But with LeBron and AD returning, you're going to have lineups around LeBron and lineups around AD and lineups around both of them. So I think all these minutes that they're playing without them, it is, again, pushing guys out of their comfort zone, developing skills, testing skills that they don't necessarily get to use with LeBron and AD in the lineup. It's kind of like what the Spurs used to do or or what the, the Raptors did the one year they won the title or what the Nets have done this season where you're just ex- experimenting with lineups and rotations. I, I think Frank could get even more creative. I still really want to see the Marcus Soule, Montrez Harrell minutes. Um, I really think Mark should be playing more. But, you know, I, I just think maybe you stumble upon something that really works. I, I don't think they've done that yet. I, I don't think they've they've figured out a, a lineup or configuration that would really work in a non-LeBron or, in, or you know, non-AD setting. But... Uh, again, I, I think you're just you're, you're keeping certain guys happy. You know, guys are getting more shots than they're used to, more minutes than they're used to, and, and that's good in the short term to kind of keep guys engaged and happy. But in the long run, you are keeping guys like you know Ben McElmore now has the the Brooklyn game under his belt, where he, you might need a stretch like that from him in the postseason, where it's just like, hey Ben, you know, Wes, KCP, and Taylor and, and Alex are not shooting well. We need you to come in. And, and hit a few shots. And and he's shown that he can do that. And, and the Lakers now have film and, and a sample size and, and sets that they've run to get Ben open and, and you know stuff that they could look back on and say, okay, this is how we're going to use Ben. This is how, you know, if the defense counters here, this is how we counter. And I think that is a valuable experience that is really going to benefit them later in the season. So I think for me, again, I have nothing but positive things to say about this trip. I was really just blown away by the Brooklyn game, uh, the the way that they, you know, defended Kyrie and, and KD, you know, given who was available, the the way that they took it to the Nets offensively, the the way that they moved the ball, 
and really exploited the Nets defense. I was just so impressed. And I know Brooklyn was shorthanded in both of the matchups. You know, the Lakers are shorthanded. The Nets are shorthanded. We don't have a full sample. You know, we don't even have a quarter with both teams being healthy and both teams having their full complement of stars, right? Like AD missed both games. KD, Harden, and LeBron each missed the game. So we still, there's so much we don't know with that matchup. And I recently wrote about it. I wrote about it for Monday. If you haven't checked that out on The Athletic, you should do so. Like, but I'm fascinated by it. And I think there are some things that really trend well for the Lakers in that matchup. So um, again, I, I'm, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself uh, at this point, but I wanted to just check back in with you guys. Um, we will have the, the weekly show on Wednesday. Um, so be, you know, be on the lookout for that from uh, Slater, Bill, and myself. Uh, but I, I just, you know, no questions tonight. Uh, I just wanted to riff on the road trip, riff on the last few days, uh, and, and riff on just some of this, this big picture stuff. Uh, I have a, a story coming out in the morning uh, called Seven Things We Learned from the Lakers' Successful Seven-Game Road Trip. And I'll, I'll touch on, I'll leave you with this uh, going into uh, the end of the podcast. Uh, what s- Some thoughts here. One, the center position should be fluid. I think Marcus Gasol has played so well. Uh, and honestly outplayed Montrez Harrell for the last couple weeks that I, I, I get Andre Drummond is going to be the starter. You know, that, that was a promise the Lakers made to him uh, when he signed. But I, I do think there are matchups that Marcus Gasol should be playing over Montrez Harrell. Maybe you go to both. Maybe you, you try that out and see if that works depending on the second unit. But I, I think Marcus Gasol has been quietly outplaying Montrez Harrell for a little bit. You know, I mean, I would say arguably the, the whole season, but that's a whole other conversation. But definitely in the short term. And I think the Lakers need to go to Marcus Gasol more. Uh, I think Andre Drummond and Ben McElmore have fit in very well. Uh, as I've already said, the defense has shown it's elite regardless of who's available. Uh, I think the, the depth of the offense of, of just the, the sheer number of guys that can get you double-digit you know, scoring on this team is, is really impressive. Uh, I think the Lakers have an outside shot to earn home court advantage. I think the, the Denver injury... Uh, to, to Jamal Murray opens that up and I would not count them out of that four seed yet. Uh, I think that this team is so deep that trimming the rotation is going to be really, really difficult. And I do not envy Frank Vogel. It was already tough with 11 guys. Now you're at 13. And ultimately, you know, final thing for, from uh, my, my thoughts from this article, health continues to be the Lakers biggest challenge this season. Like I, I think they are fighting health as much as they're fighting any other team, the, the Nets, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Sixers, uh, the, the Suns, the Jazz, wh- whoever you want to pick, I, I think health is arguably as big of an issue for this team just because, uh, again, I, I listed off 11 of the 15 guys have been dealing with injuries just within the last few weeks. And, and you know, that's not even going back earlier in the season. So I think for the Lakers, it, it's really going to, you know, it's unfortunate, but the season might ultimately be determined by, by health. And when LeBron and AD get back, which rotation guys can stay healthy. Uh, it, it, you know, they really need their top eight or nine. You know, I, I know that's the benefit of having a deep team is you can lose maybe guy seven, eight or nine and, and replace them with guy 10, 11 or 12. But you really want those top eight or nine. You know, I'm looking at the starters. I'm looking at, you know, Alex, Talon, Kuz. And then you need Mark, I think Mark or Trez as like kind of your top nine. I guess throw Keith in there nine or 10 and you need like those guys really healthy. And then like the, the Wes, the Ben, one of the marker Trez, like you can maybe live if one of those guys suffers an injury, I think, and still have the depth and versatility. But 
that top eight, top nine, like you really need all those guys. So, um, but but again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I am back. I am feeling better. Uh, I appreciate you guys reaching out. So as, as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Yovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on The Athletic, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening right now. And if you have not subscribed to The Athletic, you can do so by going to theathletic.com or subscribing off of one of my stories. That would be much appreciated. I'll be back in less than 24 hours to do the weekly show. I'll talk to you then.